NFR Extra is a weekly podcast that focuses on the Wrangler National Finals Rodeo and features icons that embody the rodeo and Western lifestyle. It was such a weird deal because like once you, you really didn't know what you were missing until you won one. Once once you had won it and won it for several years, you just didn't want to give it up. In Vegas itself, much less inside the Thomas and Mack. I mean, that has a whole new meaning, you know, when I go in there and just, oh man, just the, the weight of what it does. Yeah, I remember you, you shared a story a while back when you were just talking about your son. And you guys were flying out here and your son looking out the window and he looked back at you and goes, dad, I love coming to this place. <laughs> he says, I, love, I love this Las Vegas. Yeah, that's right. Hey everybody, this is Steve Goder and you're listening to the NFR Extra. All right, Trevor, I'm Steve Goder and uh, obviously Miss Brian, Brian Bentley. So thank you for joining us here. Uh, we're going to get kicked off here with one that I'm very excited about. Anytime that you talk about breaking records and a man that is a, capable of accomplishing 26 times a champion, none other than $7 million in earning Mr. Trevor Brazil. Trevor, how are you today? I'm doing great. Thanks for having me. Where are we talking to you from right now? Decatur, Texas. I'm in my office here at the barn. Very nice. A little chilly. Little chilly. I ran in here and didn't have time to bump up the thermostat so i'm in my jack all right what's it what's chilly in decatur texas oh it's actually perfect it's about 55 yeah it's like two degrees back in montana so i'm I'm envious of you right now yeah for sure i did definitely cook him out this morning uh in the las vegas weather with the 55 degrees we have here as well yeah i'm obviously bundled up because i think it's freezing in this office and i had to turn it down for montana man over here (laughs) I'm on your level. Before we get really into it, what is it like to have won so many championships in your mind? Um, man, it's just cool because I've said it a thousand times. I, uh, I couldn't have dreamed it. I didn't like, it would have been laughable, you know, to tell, the past me any of the stats that you just read i mean i would have been fine with just being able to avoid a real job and make a living doing what i love yeah that's uh that's something else but when you hit a stride like that you know when when you come onto the scene in the world of professional rodeo and start going was there a time that it became a realization that this is going to be a big deal um I mean, the first one was huge. That was, that was the biggest deal in my mind. And, you know, the only time that it felt like that it could be is when I started approaching Ty Murray's record. I mean, because three or four, <clears throat> that doesn't, because I know how hard each one of them was to win and everything that goes into it. So when you've got three, you know, Ty Murray's record at seven seemed still so far away because I knew how hard the first three were to win, you know, and to just, it really wasn't until I'm a year away that I thought, man, I, I think I really could do this. I I could get this done. Maybe at least tie it, maybe pass it, 
And uh, it wasn't until after that that, or that I got even within a year of of doing that, that it really seemed like it was a a doable feat. At what point was it then? How far can I take this? When what world title was it? When you just said, "Let's see how many I can accomplish at this point." That's a good question because I don't really even know how to to explain that because it was a the eighth world championship when I, you know, at or six, you know, you you tie with Larry Mahan and Tom Ferguson, and seven to tie with Ty Murray, um, and then when I went to eight. <clears throat> It was really an odd year for me because that was the driving factor for me up until that point. You know, I was just chasing the records and like just seeing what it, what it could be done. And I really had to sit back and evaluate like because I know, you know, without motivation, there's not much future. And so that it was I can't explain it other way than it was a really weird time for me because there wasn't anybody to chase. And I'm such a fan of this sport. Um, I never really thought of myself as like leading this thing that, that people may chase someday, but uh, that, that time there where I've just made up my mind that I'm going to, I love what I do and I don't want to give this up. And it may be nine, it may be 14, but I just want to see, see what I can do. There was never a number after that. It was year by year. I wanted to, I did three events. I wanted to try to win a world championship in all three. And if I did that, I knew I wasn't neglecting any piece of the puzzle that I could uh, finish the, the main goal, which was the all around championships. Was it championships that drives you or what would be, if you had to go to like, this is my motor, what is Trevor Brazil's driving force? Um, I think I would, I would, uh, it was such a weird deal. Cause like once you, you really didn't know what you were missing until you won one, you know? And so it was just like, it was almost ignorance is bliss until you really knew what that felt like. And the, uh, perks that come along with it, you know, fr- frankly, I mean, from endorsements to it opened so many doors and it's just one of those things to where you just did once, once you had won it and won it for several years, you just didn't want to give it up. It was like you didn't want to relinquish that title and the things that go along with it. So, I mean, yeah, at the end of the day, it was the championships. But what the stuff that comes along with that, the intangible things that you can't see or you don't really know about, those, those are the things that help drive you. You talk about the partnerships, and I know there are so many things that you get to do with brands and elements that come after your world champions titles here in Las Vegas. Is there a time where you won a title and, you know, the photo shoot following the NFR really stood out to you? Like, was there a moment when it kind of just was like, oh, that was cool. That was a great opportunity simply because I was a world champion. Oh, I mean, that's happened a lot. I mean, like I remember being finishing at the national finals and then flying in a helicopter to take a picture at what is it the valley of fire out there where they dropped me off on the highest point out there and then was flying around taking pictures and uh i remember being at the top of one of the hotels out there i don't even remember exactly which one it was but it was 
the elevators only went so far and then we had to go stairs and service shoots to get us to where, you know, we were actually on top and I felt like I had to sign a lot of waivers just to do a photo <laughs> shoot. But I mean, it was, it was one of those that you don't forget. Where did Relentless come from? That's a, that's a pretty crazy story in itself. There was a, he's a good friend of mine now in the Western industry, um, had several companies, but they were smaller companies. And he said, I would love to, you know, be on your shirt. And, you know, there was whatever the market value was at the time was X because, you know, when you're, when you're putting endorsements on your shirt, it's like real estate. Um, you know, if, if this costs X, then it's not fair for this not to cost X. And so you just have to be real consistent when it comes to that. And his companies uh, were a little smaller of scale at that time. And I wanted to figure out a way to do something with him. And he came up with the idea that we would just start my own brand through, through those companies. And he actually came up with the relentless name and it's been, it's been awesome, not just for me and the partnership we formed with uh, those companies, which is the pro equine group, which is still alive today. Uh, that original partnership that, that formed that relentless brand, we're still great partners and enjoying the fruits of that relationship. And uh, it's just evolved into other brands and other you know, categories since then. I'm going to get a little off track. And this is just a personal question that I want to ask you about because I want to hear it. But the relentless Remuda is oh, yeah. making some big waves right now. You know, it's funny that you say that because you asked me what drove me. You know, when you've done something, I rodeoed for so long and that was just so much a part of me. I was wondering, you know, it's, it's real uncertain times. You don't know what you're going to miss. And everybody says what a hard time they have from walking away from the sport. And I have found my passion and, and now I don't feel like I ever had to leave my passion because I'm still training and riding horses. And I think through my career, my horses were more my passion than the championships and all the stuff that that comes along with it. Like everybody has their attributes, whether it's speediness, uh, quickness, strength, you know, everybody has their, their strengths. And uh, for me, I feel like anywhere where I lacked my horses made up for it. And that's something that I haven't had to let go of yet. And so I still feel like I'm living out my dream, being able to rope here at the ranch and, make good horses. And it's just been, it's been a blast and been able to be here and enjoy my kids and my family and the passion all at once. It's, it's a dream come true. Now, recently, I believe you just entered one of the team roping fraternities there in Fort Worth. How has that venture been for you and those younger horses? Well, it gives me a place to showcase, you know, so I spend 90% of my time at home now, but now I get to go to town you know, six, eight times a year and show people what we've been working on, kind of just show off the product of all the hours that we spend here training and getting these young horses ready for the next phase of their careers. 
Now, still competing a little bit, obviously, you went to Pendleton this year, and I think this was a huge shocker for everybody. Why Pendleton? What drew you to pull out the card and go out? Well, uh, my partner in Relentless Ramuda, Miles Baker, had never been there, and he had always heard of us talking about that rodeo because it is so unique. And he's like, I'd love to go there. I said, if you want to go, I said, I'll go with you. And he said, well, who are you going to rope with? And anyway, I found a team roping partner and I just couldn't leave well enough alone. I hadn't roped calves in two years and thought I would just go ahead and enter everything. Because it wasn't like it's hard for me to go to a rodeo and just enter one thing. I'd rather just go watch. I mean, I just want to. That's the way I compete. I competed in all of it, and I just enjoy that part of it. And so uh, it was fun going up there. It was more work than I care to admit to try to get back <laughs> even remotely close to where I needed to be. But it was it was a lot of fun, and uh, I do miss seeing the people. I mean, that's probably the coolest thing about rodeo is the, the friends you meet. The bad thing is, is when you retire, you uh, don't see them on a on a regular basis, you know, even friends throughout like the Northwest or different regions that we'd always see every spring in California or every summer or fall at the Northwest. I mean, it just, you don't see those people as much. And so uh, I missed that part of it, but uh, it was cool getting back out there. Every year, rodeo fans make their way to Las Vegas to immerse themselves in the Western lifestyle. For many, their NFR experience includes a trip or two to the Cowboy Channel Cowboy Christmas in search of more. More time with friends, more fashion, more entertainment, more choices, more autograph sessions, and more Vegas. The Cowboy Channel Cowboy Christmas, December 1st through 10th at the Las Vegas Convention Center, South Halls. Open daily from 9 a.m. to 4 p.m. It's all here. You talk about not seeing them, and a lot of people talk about Las Vegas being kind of the reunion for everyone, whether that's at the Thomas and Mac or Cowboy Christmas, the autograph sessions, whatever those elements are. This year, before we jump into it, but what does coming to Vegas mean to you just as a whole? I know you guys come out here more than just for the NFR, but like, what does Vegas mean when it comes time to get here? Well, it just had such a tremendous impact on my career and has done so much for me that town and it does it feels like home my my son's first birthday is just I mean celebrated or second second birthday through his 13th was in Vegas because it's December 1st and so I mean we just have a ton of memories uh in Vegas itself much less inside the Thomas and Mac I mean that has a whole new meaning you know when I go in there and just just the memories and just the, oh man, just the, the weight of what it does, not only for every contestant, because it, everything we do for the other 350 something days of the year can be done again, right there in those 10 days in Las Vegas. I mean, that's, it can double or even surpass your regular season earnings. I mean, it's just huge. And I think the fans know that. I think everybody, I mean, and that's just, that's the energy around that place, but especially in the Thompson Mac. Yeah, I remember you, you shared a story a while back when you're just talking about your son and you guys were flying out here. And this is, this was probably, it was the first year we did the Cowboy Christmas. So 12 years ago, whatever it was. And we had you down there and your daughter was showing pretty much all the boys how to rope, but you're telling the story about flying in and your son looking out the window and he looked back at you and goes, dad, 
I love coming to this place. <laughs> I, love, I love this Las Vegas. Yeah, right. I love this that's Las right. Vegas. Yeah. How is being Mr. Dad? How's football going? How's basketball? How's the kids? <clears throat> oh, man, it's, it's, uh, it's amazing. It's busy. Um, but I, I love every minute of it. Uh, Treston is on to his sports and he's roping more. We're getting to go to some high school rodeos now. Uh, starting to have more to do with with the horses and roping and that's been fun for me because that's just more time spent like I love the sports and I'll, I'll just soon go do that but I don't feel like I can pour into it anything because I don't have as much to offer and so whether I I don't necessarily want them to follow the same footsteps as I did by any means but it is cool when you can, you know, actually pour into them because when we're in football, I mean, I'm trying to get them the best help that I can get them. But I mean, I'm, I'm strictly a, a fan and that's fine too. It's just a d- different set of shoes to wear for sure. Kids following in your footsteps. So that's not a bad little path to be tracking on. I'd say you've done all right. I mean, it'd be pretty nice to have Trevor Brazil saddling my horses for me before I get ready to yeah. rope. Yeah, what bit is this, Dad? Come on, you know better than that. Dad, what do you want me to put on this horse? <laughs> no, what? it is. And it, it that's, that's I love the time spent, whether, like like I told my kids, I I want you to be around the horses and to understand what it means to be a cowboy or cowgirl. That doesn't mean to be a rodeo cowboy or cowgirl, but just to respect the livestock, to know, you know, how to care for it and to just be a good steward of all this stuff. I, I love the people that were around the industry is still yes or no, sir. Yes, ma'am. No, ma'am. Like I, that's all that I care that they're around is the people that are in this industry and the values that come along with it. For all of the years. And it, that is so true though, that, I mean, just the people you talk about the people, it's like a, you know, a community, a family, whatever you want to say on that deal is there's, such an intimacy in that, you know, and people that follow your career and they have probably more access than a lot of other sports. But when you go to the Thomas and Mac, one of the most things you said it yourself a little bit earlier on, but like the electricity and it's Thomas and Mac, when you have that many people that are, that know you, that are watching you, that are fans of you and your fan base increasing throughout all of the years, the more you perform, the more championships you win. And when you go in the Thomas and Mac, did it ever lose any of that appeal or would, did it just get better and better every year that you went? It got harder and harder. Really? I mean, I don't know if people would guess that, but I had more pressure with every world championship that I won. And I would have probably thought it would have been the opposite because you'd have less to prove and less to prove. But the more you win, it seems like more responsibility from your fans come with it that they kind of, expect you to do this they expect you to do that and there's not any days off because you might see somebody in the autograph that line that spent this much wages to come see two nights of the rodeo or might just get to go one night to the rodeo and they came to see you and they want to see everything that they've thought it would be not be let down and so it does come with a lot of pressure so so would you say the last title was much harder than the first? I mean, I know they come with their own battles, obviously. There's so much difference between them, but are the last few the harder earned ones because of that expectancy? 
hundred percent. I mean, I, I started to say 100%, but I mean like the knowledge and the wisdom and the, there's other things that help get you through that. And the, just knowing the possibilities of it all versus, um, so the confidence I think is tremendous, but then you knowing that how many things have to go right and your worst year has to be better than anybody, any one person's best year that year, you know? So it may be, it's not like you're going head to head. You're going you against anybody else in any of those categories. And you have to, you have to know that you're, off year has to be better than theirs or you're going to lose, you know? So that, that's a lot to, to take into because all every year, I don't care what sport you're in, isn't all roses and you have to deal with, you know, different things that year. And, you know, you, all it takes is somebody having a storybook year for them and you, you know, in a struggle or in a certain season, that's whether it be horse related or anything like that, that you have to produce, you know, every time. And so that's, that's where a lot of the pressure came from. I think. One of the 26, which one would you say was the storybook year where it just felt like nothing could touch you? You were on fire. You brought it all home. Was there a year was, I mean, as crazy as that sounds, did they all have those moments where you're going to have to kind of ride out the low point and go through it? Or was there ever a season where you just felt like, man, my horses are strong, I'm strong, and it was just confidence the whole season where it led you to the Thomas and Mac where you brought home those titles? 2010, 2010. sticks out to me. I uh, I won the Triple Crown twice, but in 2010, I won it in a different – both of them were different uh, combinations. In 2010, I won it in the – I won the tie-down roping and the team roping in the same year, and that was a really special year. Um, and I had the one second in the steer open that year too. That was really close to having a quadruple crown, uh, came down to the last round of the steer open finals. But, uh, in 07, you know, I won the steer open and the tie down roping. So, but to me, <clears throat> knowing how hard it is to win a world championship in the tie down and a world championship in the team roping to do them both in the same year, that was by far my, my coolest year. You've been, an incredible champion. And of course you've got all these generations of kids that are coming up that watched you, watch you perform and the hard work, the determination, the love, the passion, everything you put together, you've been an incredible champion and you've proven it time and time again. And I know that these are just words and just labels, but does it mean anything when you go from saying a champion to being recognized as an icon? Oh, hundred percent. I mean, because it's like, it, it becomes hall of fame status. Then like, it's just different when you, you know, when you're a champion, you, you beat your class, you know, and when you become you know, what they've created as the icons, it's almost, it transcends any certain class. It's, it's rodeo in general. There's been so many greats and it's just, it's really, really cool to be in that first class. And know the people that will be coming you know in addition to all these things because I'll be a fan of all of them because I've watched watched and been a fan of rodeo my entire life and so it means a lot because I uh I followed it close enough to where those were my heroes I didn't have I didn't follow other sports you know 
You are going to have a moment in the Thomas and Mac dirt. The first time in a couple years, you'll be joining us back in Las Vegas in that dirt, in that said way to be recognized. What will it mean to see that banner drop in that building? Man, that's, I mean, and this is so new. I, I mean, like, it's not like I've been out there before and I've seen them drop it for somebody else or anything. This is the first time. So who knows uh, what that feeling is going to be like, but I just know I'm going to be <laughs> really excited to be there to experience it. That's for sure. Are you excited to get to take that time to walk out in that dirt and have that moment? hundred percent. Yeah, no, that's, <clears throat> I just, that place feels like home. That's just hollowed ground where, to anybody in this industry and for good reason, you know, it's NFR is NFR because of that place, you know, to me, you know, it's been a long time that it's there to where, I mean, those yellow panels and shoots, I mean, that's, that's the stuff dreams are made of for a reason. You've been an incredible ambassador for the sport. And like I said earlier on, you know, so many people look up to you, but for the young, potential, hopeful, um, you know, want to break Trevor Brazil's champion kids that are out there roping the dummy and riding in the cold and riding in the heat. Uh, do you got any words of advice for the next generations? I just, I love, I love watching it. And I just know that, that I'm going to be cheering them on as much as anybody, because that's, that's what records are for, you know, to, to get people out of bed, to get people thinking, that they could do more than they thought they could do if they had went out there on their own. That's what they did for me. And I hope to be that to the next generation. And, uh, but it is going to take getting out there when nobody else does and yeah. doing stuff that nobody else wants to do, but it will be worth it. We, uh, we interviewed Stetson Wright when we had the world champions come back in May and, um, you know, he's young kid on a roll and, uh, talking and I mean, just without hesitating at all, you know, said, well, what, what are your goals? And I'm going to beat Trevor Brazil's record. I want 30. Awesome. And he, and he broke it down and I was 30. like, yeah, he wants 30. And I mean, it literally felt like I put my mouth around a fire hydrant. I was like, oh, you're going to do what? Like, good luck to you, sir. But I mean, it's incredible for you to be on that. And like, I mean, the coolest thing is, you know, your position on this of being a fan and cheering those guys on and wanting the success for the individuals and for the sport of rodeo. And I think that that truly describes who you are as a champion and as an icon. So my- well, I mean, Stetson for sure. I mean, that's been so fun for me to watch. And <clears throat> I, I've, I think he's, he's on track, you know, I, I'm wishing health and just luck, everything that it takes to do all those things, because he's got, he's got all that it takes and it's, it's going to take somebody really special to do something different than what we're seeing, you know I mean? Because right now he is, it is pure dominance. Yeah, absolutely. It's almost unreal to see how he has come on and stayed strong throughout his four years with us. I mean, I think he will be exciting to watch. And just like you said, you know, this bar has been set by you, but to watch this next group and generation start to come up and see that that's their, that's their point of, I have to break that record. It's no longer, you know, those that were at seven or eight and they have this huge bar to break. So it's the challenge has been set by you and I'm excited to watch our generations continue to try and. But if anybody, it. if anybody believes it can be done, it's me because 
they said the same thing about Ty Murray's record. They said they've said those things, you know, about Guy Allen winning 18 world championships. I mean, it's not people aren't saying that for the first time. It just takes somebody like Stetson that believes they can do it. And I'm, I'm cheering for him. That's a, it's going to be fun watching that, that it is. That it is. Well, thank you for taking the time to join us. We love having you. We are excited to have you join us in Las Vegas this December as a NFR Vegas icon. Man, well, that's going to be an experience. It's got a good ring to it for sure. Thank you guys. Thanks for having me and uh, what an honor. Thank you. Appreciate you. Thank you, Trevor. Thanks, guys. Want to experience more of the NFR? Then visit nfrexperience.com. And we invite you to subscribe to NFR Extra on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, iHeartRadio, and wherever you're listening right now. If you like what you've heard on NFR Extra, we would love it if you gave us a five-star rating and tell your friends how to subscribe.